Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam? Do you think I have good fashion sense? Be gentle. Coming to you almost live from Lugatu's Derelict Show, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your incredibly fashionable hosts. That's what we think. But we, we have someone here to tell us whether we're right or not, and that's Kendall Barber, the, well, what would you call yourself, the editor-in-chief of cityanddale.com? That sounds very professional. It does, We'll go it? with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you started what is basically Edmonton's fashion blog. Yes, I did. I started about uh, almost a year ago. Oh, well, congratulations. Yay, almost an anniversary. Speaking of which, uh, we were told prior to the show that this also happens to be a very special occasion for Kendall, but I don't know if she wants to spoil it. Uh, I'll leave that up to her. Okay. Oh, I think we should spill the beans about yeah. what has happened with you. Um, well, in the past week here, last Monday, I um, picked myself up a fiancé. On Connor's Hill, to be precise. Well, there you go. So uh, congratulations on not just the one-year anniversary of your blog, but also on your impending uh, matrimonial yeah. status, indeed. Now, tell me, tell me about Connor's Road has one of the nicest views of the city of Edmonton. Uh, was it, uh, is it okay if we talk about this? Absolutely. Okay, great. Was it one of those uh, down-on-one-knee uh, romantic proposals? No. Okay. Um, so I live very close to Connors Hill, so take my dog there almost every day. So okay. Ross and I are walking, and we always go up, and we sit on the hill because it's easier for us to sit and toss the ball for our dog opposed to, you know, if she runs up the hill towards us, she tuckers out a little more quickly. <laughs> so we're throwing the ball, and Whip, that's our dog, comes and sits next to Ross, and Ross leaned over to pet her and turned back towards me with this ring. And I looked at him, I'm like, oh my goodness, you just found a ring in the grass. <laughs> like, that's so cool, right? And he goes, no, like I've been, I've bought this ring and I've been carrying it around. And I didn't believe him. Like, no, you totally found that in the grass. It looks like something you'd find in like a Cracker Jack box, right? Yeah. And so he's trying to ask me and I'm just laughing so hard. So he eventually asked me and I just kept going, are you sure you didn't find it in the grass? Because it's been a long time coming. So, but <laughs> so yeah, so very excited. You decided to give him a hard time. Yeah. And okay. I think he deserved it. Yeah. So it was that, good. Take go. that, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now in and around uh, all the crazy things you're doing, of course, you've got the blog. Uh, you started it almost a year ago. What was the whole uh, motivation behind doing that? Was it the absence of anything like it in the city or just something that you were into? It was a little bit of both. Um, one, it was a personal interest of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been working at Evelyn Charles. Oh, okay. marketing for a couple of years. And after I left that, I really missed that connection to beauty and fashion. And so um, felt a little bit of a gap. But more than anything, while I was um, the marketing director at Evelyn Charles, I really struggled to find mediums where I could find, you know, people between the ages of 20 to 45 who were interested in fashion and beauty and things like that in Edmonton. And I just thought it was really missing. Yeah. And I also think that Edmonton has a lot more fashion going on than it gets credit for. So I kind of wanted to bring that to 
the surface. Well, that wouldn't surprise me either, because Edmonton has a lot of thriving subcultures that people probably aren't aware of. There's a, and we've already touched on some of them. The music culture in Edmonton is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The theater community in Edmonton is phenomenal. Uh, there's uh, TV productions going on in Edmonton you probably wouldn't even expect. So it does not surprise me in the least that Edmonton has this under-the-surface current of fashion culture that, that most people probably wouldn't expect. Yeah, and I wouldn't even know where to look for it, to be honest, because, uh, you know, because of the way I'm dressed, first of all, and, and uh, you know, like, so when I think of fashion, I think of people in nice suits going out to, like, the theater or something like that. But that's not all it is, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's where... Edmontonians ourselves think that we aren't fashionable, but I think we have to redefine how we think of fashion. And when I think of fashion, I think of it more as the outward expression of who we are and what whatever we wear or choose to dress, how that defines us. And so, I, I mean, you two are quite fashionable today in your <laughs> T-shirts and shorts, given what you do and what you're wearing says a lot about you. And here in Edmonton, I, when I first moved here four and a half years ago, I remember looking around and going, oh my goodness, like we are, there is no fashion here. But I mean, in terms of winter jackets and winter boots and the things that Edmonton's really, you know, really core to Edmonton, we actually are really fashionable in terms of our outward expression of ourselves. I will say there is nothing that is uh, more pleasing than to hear that uh, Edmonton has a better winter fashion culture than it does a summer fashion culture. And the reason I say that is because I see far too many people out on the streets in the dead of winter, like mid-January, pushing minus 30, who are not wearing a proper coat or outfit because they would rather look good than, you know, save their fingers and toes. So the fact that there exists something out there, take note. <laughs> yeah, you can be fashionable and You can be good warm. looking and warm. Yeah. They are not mutually exclusive. Pleases I, me. I guess it's just the way that people define fashion. You don't you don't think to yourself, I'm going to look, you know, generally, I'm going to look awesome in this winter outfit. Unless you're going skiing or something, then you actually do put some thought into it. And it seems like, I mean, we do spend so much time in the cold. It makes sense that people learn to enjoy to dress for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're right. I think we've started to do that. But then summer is a clusterfuck here <laughs> of of people who get a little carried away. Yeah. At times we seem to lose all concept of dressing for our body type come summer. Yes. We start to bear ourselves a little bit more in hopes to catch um, some rays for those tans of ours. So I agree that I think that summer we can pick it up a little bit, um, but it's starting to come. Yeah. Now, with your website, you've chosen... Um, You've chosen to go in a direction that I would say is positive. You, you talk very positively about fashion. You're not kind of shitting on anybody, you know, or or um, identifying individuals in a sort of Perez Hilton style and being like, that person is poorly dressed or I saw the most poorly dressed person out there today. It, it, has that been a deliberate choice? Yes. Okay. Um, one, I'm a very positive person myself. So to be negative or cynical can be challenging. Mm -hmm. But more than anything, I'd rather celebrate what we have and what we're building opposed to we already as Edmontonians I think find enough wrong with our fashion that we had I had to go the other direction and say hey no let's look at all the great shops and all the great designers that we have and celebrate that instead of um, you know taking a 
are delivering a beating to those less fashionable people. So Yeah, I think they probably get that beating anyway. Or they don't care. Or they don't care, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people are aware of what they're doing wrong to a certain extent. So I think that it's almost good to kind of say, okay, well, here's what you're doing right. Let's build on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what I'm doing wrong. And it's not just in fashion either. <laughs> it's a lot of different things. Um, so do you have a very engaged audience that is, that is you know, uh, talking back to you and, and, and reading your website? Because it seems pretty active. Yeah, um, more and more. I mean, when I first started writing it, and because I'm a marketer and kind of a, there's a huge dorky side of me too, you know, Google Analytics was the first thing (laughs) kind of put behind my blog so I could see what was going on. And literally I could look at it and go, oh, my mom came today, my sister came, (laughs) and it kind of went on like that for a couple of months. And since then it's really started to pick up. And I do have a fairly engaged audience, not so much in a commenting section on my blog, but more in terms of lots of emails, um, more on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I get a lot more interaction on Twitter and um, more and more so that desire to share. And what really excites me is that local business owners who own boutiques are starting to make sure that I'm in the loop and tell me about new lines that they're bringing in. And that's really exciting to me. Interestingly enough, I was at a party last night for my cousin. Uh, and another cousin of mine is married to a woman who owns TK Clothing. Mm. And I was talking to her about you. And she knows she totally knows who you are. She knows what you're doing. And so, yeah, you've totally made a splash. It's very exciting. Um, now, you, you've been involved in the coverage of uh, Edmonton Fashion Week, if I'm not mistaken. What other, what, what other events are there out there that are taking place that are related to or directly part of the fashion scene in the city? Because... I'm totally ignorant to that stuff. Uh, there's Edmonton Fashion Week, and then there's lots of, um, whether it's a grand opening or even season collection parties. So it's springtime, so a lot of the stores had various types of open houses where you could come in and get a sneak peek at the new clothes that they were bringing in. So there's those types of events. We see more and more, which I think is really neat, Uh, business owners reaching out to local designers to design t-shirts perhaps for something that they're working on. So really tapping into the design community. Wow. So we start to see some more collaborations there, but my calendar stays pretty full with uh, fashion happenings and events and an emergence of a whole fashion blogging community as well. So we've started to make a point of making sure that we're getting together on a regular basis, going out for drinks and um, connecting with each other and being supportive of each other. So what other fashion blogs are out there? Not to uh, not to prop up the competition, so to speak, but it is a community in so many ways, right? Yeah. So most of the other fashion blogs that are out there in Edmonton, I would say are more um, the type of fashion blogs where it's about the specific blogger, where they're dressing themselves, taking pictures of themselves and showing you know, their pictures to their readers. Mm-hmm. And so there's some really great ones. Um, I could go on and on, but Dress Me Dearly is fantastic. Mariella Mode, um, Adventures in Fashion. And so there's this whole culture of that type of blogging. And then we do have the other fashion blogs, which really uh, strive to cover the runways. So what's happening in Milan, what's happening in Paris, what's happening in New York. And, and so, do they do that from an Edmonton perspective or is it just sort of more general fashion more general and so that was a huge focus for me is it had to be Edmonton if I'm featuring something it's because you can buy it here that's so cool 
Now, is there, uh, you mentioned that there's a lot of uh, activities that you're involved in. Uh, is, have you looked at putting anything on or, or organizing something? Not yet, um, but my brain is definitely stirring, and where I'd really like to see is I'd love to do something, and we're going back to winter fashion, but I think that um, it's just an area that we can really showcase Edmonton and the talent that we have here, and I think Western you know, Canada Fashion Week does some incredible things, but when they changed their name from Edmonton Fashion Week to Western Canada Fashion Week, I thought that was really sad. Really? I Yeah, why not put Edmonton on the map? You know, New York isn't Eastern U.S. Fashion Week, right? <laughs> I mean, so let's stick with Edmonton, and I would love to see us um, showcase a little bit more winter fashion, uh, fall fashion, and celebrate what we have here. I would love to see something. If they, if they do the Winter Light Festival next year, because for some reason I think that that might be up in the air. I don't know why I think mm-hmm. that. I have no reason to. Um, it'd be awesome to do like an outdoor runway show at Churchill Square, get get some DJs or some musicians to come and, and do the music and a designer to like do the whole lighting and, and set design and stuff and then get a whole bunch of really cool winter outfits together. The weird thing is I was also thinking of associating it with the Winter Light Festival because we've got a huge months-long <laughs> celebration of winter. Yeah. Why can't we celebrate winter fashion at the same time? Brought to you by City and Dale. You guys are putting the pressure on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're helping, just, we're helping we, you plan this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to give you ideas. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, you could see it with a beautiful ice catwalk. Oh, totally. With beautiful light shining underneath that or you know, put the models in skates. You could have a lot of fun with it and make it... Um, I think we have to, and what else I really like about including it, say, with something like Winterlight, is we have to bring fashion to people. So the fashion community is already connected. Yeah. So let's set it up in a public place and attract people who otherwise wouldn't come. Totally. Right? Yeah, you could turn it into, it could be huge. Like, I'm just, now I'm starting to think of, what about local, um, you know, chefs and stuff like that? They could, you know, it could really be a taste of, it could be... Uh, the theme could be style because that transcends, you know, fashion transcends everything too. But style is more a sort of generalized term. Mm-hmm. So it could be like, it could literally just be winter Edmonton style. Sold. Sold. <laughs> get on Right that. here, yeah. <laughs> on the 49th show. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Just before 50. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm sure that you thought of stuff like this, but um, it, it it's not, you're right, it's not mainstream yet. It's still a niche thing. And, we all get dressed in the morning, some of us. Adam sometimes does. So it's kind of what he's alluding to. It's now a court order that I do show up to work clothed. Uh, I don't want to talk about that right now. But, um, you know, so everyone does have, whether they're aware of it or not, they are making a statement, I guess, aren't they? They are. I think what we choose to wear, regardless of what it is, yeah. says a lot about us. So what do you what do you think when you see um, someone wearing uh, Crocs? <laughs> I hope they have a job where they're on their feet all day and they're as comfortable as people say. Yeah. 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 I can't. I don't. I'm the least fashionable person on the planet. There's a gentleman at work who is extremely well dressed and snobby about it. Mm. And he will go out of his way to tell me when I look like crap. God bless you, Victor. You're a wonderful man. Um, but, you know, I mean, some people care, some people don't. It's uh, And it's a very personal thing, even though. You know, 
even though you might just throw something on, if if you feel like you're being judged poorly for your clothing, you, I I tend to take it quite personally. I don't know about you. Uh, I've I've never really put much thought into it. But do I you, dress the way I'm comfortable and in a way that that I feel uh, I, like I have my own personal style. Yeah, you right? do. Yeah. And and I and I dress comfortably within kind of my comfort zone of what I'm comfortable wearing. You and just I, say I don't comfort think, a lot. I know that's comfort's a big thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it comes to clothes, but I also like I wouldn't I wouldn't wear something that I know is trendy that uh, would also look like shit on me. Hmm, like, and I know a lot of people who who do wear something that is the trendy thing to wear now, even though it is like, oh, you should not be putting that on your body. I believe you're referring to skinny jeans or jeggings. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really, well, I just can't fit into them, so I'm not into I think anymore. Adam's more jealous, really. Yeah, it, it is a jealousy thing that I can't pull it off. Maybe you just haven't found the pair for you. Uh, oh, that was very, very <laughs> tactful. <laughs> well done, Gandalf. <laughs> And now, Sex Talk brought to you by the Traveling Tickle Trunk. Hey, I'm Lauren from the Traveling Tickle Trunk, and I would like to wish everyone a happy National Masturbation Month. If you weren't aware that May is National Masturbation Month, you're not alone. This awareness campaign began in 1995 after the U.S. Surgeon General, Jocelyn Elders, was forced to resign her position over some controversial remarks. In 1994, Jocelyn Elders, now remembered as a vocal advocate for public health and a tireless promoter of sex education, gave a speech on World AIDS Day. After her talk, Elders was asked by a member of the press if she thought teaching about masturbation in public schools was a useful prevention strategy. She replied that it was something she felt should be taught. Elders had previously been criticized for her controversial positions, but this, it turned out, was too out there. A massive firestorm of media and public outrage erupted over that comment. Cowed by the pressure, President Bill Clinton asked elders to resign. It was so controversial and salacious to suggest that we even talk with children about taking their pleasure into their own hands that this amazing advocate lost her job. After this, the Good Vibrations sex toy store in San Francisco decided to take up the cause, and they launched a campaign to promote the health benefits of self-love and encourage people to talk about and practice masturbation. Thus, Masturbation Month was born. So why celebrate masturbation, you ask? Well, because it's not just fun, it's good for you too. Here are a few reasons why. Solo sex is the safest sex you can have. Plus, masturbating together or touching each other is a great option for partners because it feels great and carries no risk of pregnancy and very little risk of sexually transmitted infections. Masturbation relieves tension and helps you deal with stress. Many people joke with us about carrying their vibes in their glove compartment of their car, but it sure would be a good cure for road rage. Masturbation also helps to increase circulation to the sex organs, which improves your sexual abilities and your overall health. Masturbating at bedtime will help you sleep better and maybe even give you sweeter dreams. Sexual pleasure and orgasm release endorphins in the brain that help mental clarity and mood. Masturbation is also a great tool in the sexual toolbox for partners. It helps relieve sexual tension when one partner is interested in sex less often or when partners are away from each other. Phone sex and fantasies can keep partners emotionally and sexually close when they are physically distant. Masturbation provides a good sexual outlet and reduces frustration for those who choose not to have penetrative sex 
or who want to wait for a later time to have sex with their partners. This is exactly the reason why we should be encouraging our kids and teens to masturbate instead of discouraging it. Finally, masturbation is a great tool for men who ejaculate quicker than they would like. The term usually used here is premature ejaculation, but we think that's rather judgmental. These men can masturbate before an encounter with a partner to help relieve some of the sexual tension. They can also learn to control their orgasm and ejaculation through practice during masturbation. We have loads of specials and new toys for men and women in honor of Masturbation Month 2011. Find out about all these exciting offers on our website at www.travelingtickletrunk.com slash sextalk. And don't miss our special Masturbation Month event, a free screening of the movie, Passion and Power, The Technology of Orgasm, on Monday, May 30th. Go to our website for all the details, travelingtickletrunk.com slash sextalk. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. Now, uh, we should take a moment out of our busy conversation about fashion to talk yes. about some very fashionable people uh, who have supported us we'll call throughout them. the f- uh, almost 50 episodes. Yeah, we're almost there. To the, our last 49 episodes. And and many of them has, have been with us for a long time. For almost 43 of those 49 episodes. That's right. Uh, and of course, we should start out with our very first sponsor. That's right, Scott. The, the Edmonton, Edmonton Journal. Journal, those ink-stained wretches who have now gone digital, saw fit to sponsor our podcast when no one else would. And in fact, they have a really great blogs page now. They link to our blog, they link to Kendall's blog, and, and a whole host of other Edmonton blogs. You can find that at edmontonjournal.com slash blogs. And then, of course, there is the Hogwarts of local digital media education Guru Digital Arts College. Yeah, those, those guys are wonderful. Owen just celebrated a birthday. He turned 39. There you go. Um, I think he's going to be really glad that I said that. On our podcast. Yes, yes that he's 39. <laughs> there goes our sponsorship yeah. from Guru Digital Arts College. Great place. Check it out. If you, uh, yeah, you want to learn uh, visual design, web design, uh, motion graphics, they're doing, they have a graphic uh, novel, um, what, what do they call it? Sequential graphics. Uh, program now, and they're they're starting up an audio program that will be headed up by Captain Tractor's Chris Winters. There you go. And of course, our most recent sponsor, Edmonton's <laughs> sex-positive adult toy store. The Traveling Tickle Trunk. Yes. Brenda and her her, her merry brood of... of uh... <laughs> no, I liked merry brood, actually. Brenda and her merry brood of, uh, of uh, employees, they do parties, they sell sex toys, they sell all kinds of things related to pleasure in the bedroom, if you happen to do it in the bedroom. Um, so check them out at travelingtickletrunk.ca. 
or check out their uh, real brick and mortar store as well. On White Avenue, yeah. Yeah. In fact, you will have heard sex talk in this episode. Um, so you, if you got your sort of start in fashion working at Evelyn Charles, but you, have you had an interest in it forever and ever? Okay. We're going to go back a little Let's go really far back. Let's go really far back. So when I was four, I went through this phase where, where I only wore white. So I wore white head to toe with little pink Mary Janes and LA gear. If you remember the LA gear, little pink Mary Janes. And, um, my poor father, I was the oldest of three girls, was horrified. He thought, if this is going to be my life for, you know, the next 25 years, three little girls who only wear white, I'm going to go crazy. And so my dad thought we need to do something about this. And so he signed me up for a competitive swimming and BMX racing <laughs> to try to kind of knock this out of me, right? To, to boyify you? To boyify me. And I think in a large degree that it worked because it kind of went away. And... I would say very much, if I think back to high school, I would describe myself more as a tomboy. Really? And really into sports, and I still am. And it wasn't until I went to university, I went to UVic, which is um, also not known for their fashion, and <laughs> kind of continued, you know, my fairly casual lifestyle. And then I went to France to go to school. Okay. And everything that I loved when I was four came rushing back out, and I just... I've always been really big on textures and fabrics and materials. And um, I lived up in Smithers, BC when I was young. And my mom said she used to take me to the sand store. And I used to walk through the racks of clothing with my fingers out, feeling the clothes. And I would stop when I liked the way something felt. Really? And that's what I'd want to buy. It didn't matter what it looked like or what color it was after I was out of my white phase. It was how something felt. And so I think, yeah, there is this part of me that's always been really drawn. And I kind of suppressed it for a while. And now it's uh, it's back. Uh-oh. And how does your father feel about this now? I think he's accepted it. Um, <laughs> and I think that he's still happy that, you know, we can still go for our runs together and do those things. So I do think he's made me a more well-balanced person. Yeah. Um, but... I, and now it's more personal. Like, it's not about having the latest or the greatest, but it's about finding style for myself and having the ability to express that. So, go ahead. After you, sir. I was going to ask, uh, like, what were your experiences like in France that made you... I mean, obviously, this place is a fashion mecca. Um, were you plugged into the scene, the fashion scene there, or was it just sort of looking around and seeing many well-dressed Europeans? It was looking around and seeing many well-dressed Europeans who were so confident in their dress. So mm. it wasn't that sense of, okay, this is what's trendy, so I'm going to wear that, but that they seemed to know themselves so intimately and what they should wear, and I thought that it just reflected someone who was so poised and so kind of in touch with themselves and I was really drawn to that, and so I, I studied um, while I was there as a student, so it's not that I had the money to go out and start outfitting myself the way that I wanted to, but I really enjoyed studying how the women and the men carried themselves and how well they dressed, and really, in France, it's not about quantity. It's about having a very few select items in your closet that are perfectly tailored for you and fit well and all of those things. So just really drawn to that. Yeah, I've never had anything tailored except for a suit, you know. Although there, there are actually some dudes in Edmonton right now. Um, 
I got a line on this from a guy I had breakfast with last week. They come here every couple of months, I think, or maybe twice a year or something like that. And uh, I think they're actually called Maxwell Maxwell Taylors or something like that. They set up shop, shop in the Delta, <clears throat> and then they they you go there for two weeks and get clothes made for you. Like, you get fitted, and you can order shirts and suits and stuff, and it's really relatively inexpensive from other places but and i've never cared about clothes really like i mean i have to dress reasonably nice for work but i'm starting to think about fashion more and and starting to like enjoy trying out you know new combinations of stuff whether it's a suit jacket with like you know a pinstripe suit jacket with with a striped shirt which i never thought you were supposed to do but this this dude at Moore's was like, no, this is gonna look awesome. So so I feel like I'm starting to kind of get a handle on it, even though most of the time I'd rather not dress super fancy. Sometimes it is really nice to dress up. I'm always pleased whenever I stumble across something that looks really good on me. When I uh, like just randomly throw a couple things from the closet together, or I'm happy to be in Value Village and I buy something secondhand yeah. that just goes with like eight things that I own. And uh, not that I always shop at Value Village, but. Uh, it is a costumer's paradise, and every now and then I'll be looking for a costume piece, and I'll find something that I'm like, I'll totally wear that for myself. But uh, it always pleases me when I find something that just clicks and works. But so. it's like it's like you said, it doesn't matter where you buy it from, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, not at all. I think that if, you know, if you think you have to go to Holt Renfrew or something like that to shop, I absolutely would disagree. I think that if you're at Value Village or... You know, Joe Fresh at Superstore carries some great things, right? You can find it anywhere. And as long as you're thinking more about your own style, opposed to what's trendy, that's when you can really start doing vintage shopping. And you're in Value Village because you don't care if it's in style. It's because you put it on and it feels good and you know that it's going to work for you. So you... You're more of the opinion that if if it feels good, wear it. And don't be concerned about what other people think. Generally, Generally? yes. Generally, yes. I think that we are, that we all fall into some comfort zones that sometimes we need to be given a really big shake (laughs) to get out of. So, um, I mean, I think, for example, that for some companies, Jeans Day is probably the scariest day of the year. Really? Yes. I think that jeans, and I don't know if it's because we don't, we think of our jeans as our Saturday and Sunday wear and not that... Um, presentation of ourselves when we go to work or what we do, but everyone should have a pair of one, like one pair of good jeans that, you know. That you can wear out. That you can wear out and you look okay and then wear your ones that are comfy and holy or whatever. You know, I get that at home or wherever, but I think if you're going to wear jeans to work, have a pair that's work appropriate and not, you know, meant for mowing the lawn. Now, having spoken about uh, dressing for yourself and, and dressing for what's comfortable for you. I think that there's also kind of the dark side of that, wherein a lot of people dress the way they want and, uh, you know, fuck the world. But really, no, you you are in a position or, or you're uh, at a point in your life where you really do have to present yourself better than what you might be presenting yourself as with the way you dress and the way you carry yourself. Like, I... Can you think of an example? <sighs> You, you know, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to slam any particular subculture, but there are some, especially some subcultures where they have a particular mode of dress and a particular kind of way that they look. And it's like, you are never going to get a high paying job anywhere. 
And it is a sad fact of life because uh, you'll go into a job interview and the person on the other end of the desk is going to go, this is going to be a waste of my time. Yeah. And they've already decided, looking at you, you're not getting hired. And yes, that is absolutely prejudiced. It is absolutely profiling. You might be very capable and you might be absolutely able to do the job that you're applying for, but you look like shit and you're not going to get hired. And it's, it's the sad reality. And I think that there are a lot of people who don't realize that and maybe do care about it despite saying that they might not. Yeah, I almost feel like you're describing the kind of person who would, they they do have that fuck the world attitude and they, and they think that, you know, that they should be able to get by on their merits, not based on something superficial like the way they dress. But the fact is that that superficiality is an issue. Well, and it goes back to what you said, Kendall, that, that um, or maybe you didn't say this. Um, <laughs> maybe I should say this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay to dress at a level that you're comfortable with, but you do need to be pushed outside of that comfort zone sometimes, I suppose, to achieve certain things, whether it's getting a job interview or being on television or or um, not humiliating your children when you go out. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, all I can think of is like the 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 mom who's past her prime, but she'll still dresses like she's 20. Do you know what I, like, I, I'm not describing a particular person. I'm just, I'm, I'm really not. I'm just describing a type, but you do see a lot of that. And I think there's something to the notion that you should dress for success, right? Even if you don't feel like putting on a suit and tie that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to address that person who just does not care. And I think it's okay to not care. And I just always hope that they, you know, they must connect or get a certain amount of joy out of looking the way that they do. And um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you can I, – I think that would be a hard conversation to have with someone that, oh, yeah. you know, I think based on your, you know, like your merit alone isn't sufficient, right? You need to change the way that you dress. I, I mean, I think that that's – it would be really challenging. I don't have an it, answer for and that. I, and I'm not saying that it's fair. No. I'm not saying it's fair at all. I think that it is uh, explicitly unfair to treat a person that way. But I'm saying that it is, unfortunately, the reality. And, you know, there is something to be said about, as Adam put it very succinctly, dressing for success. There's no shame in putting on a shirt and tie and going and doing your, your office job. And then on the weekend, spiking your hair and coloring it in green and putting on the leathers and going and raving in mosh pits. There's nothing to be ashamed yeah. of about doing that. And I think that more people maybe need to realize that sometimes. I think they probably feel like they're they're leading two lives. Do you know what I mean? But we can't all get jobs where, I mean, if I like to dress, if I like to wear shorts and, and sort of, you know, weird T-shirts, I'm probably, the only job I could get doing that would be, I don't know, working at Blockbuster or something like that. And there are probably plenty of jobs where you could do that, but but not you're not going to be the CEO of a major corporation anytime <laughs> well, soon. Well, unless you're Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but he founded <laughs> yes. the corporate culture <laughs> with that corporation. But I mean, if you wanted to get a, jar, a job with like Lehman Russ, you're not going to get a high paying job there if you're, if you're dressed like a slob. Yeah. And that's just the, the case. Likewise, though, I think that a suit can be damaging to your credibility too depending what kind of job you're walking in for Mm -hmm. so when i think of really creative fields if i had someone in advertising coming and wearing a black suit and a white shirt 
I'd go, okay, how creative are you? <laughs> like, you know, let's put on a fun pair of shoes or a neat belt or or whatever. So I think that um, there are some professions that we want them to look very professional. I want my accountant accountant to maybe be a little bit boring. But, um, <laughs> you know, the person that I'm going to hire um, for some creative ideas, let them show me their creativity and yeah. how they dress. Yeah. What What's your feeling on, uh, on like, things like tattoos and piercings as it relates to fashion? Is that something that you touch on at all on the blog? You know what? I haven't. Um, and I think that where I struggle a little bit is I think piercing and tattoos can both be nice. And, yeah. You know, I mean, they can be, and they're definitely an, a style expression, but I almost feel like that's a subculture in itself too. And so when I've, when I talk about style, I've more talked about things that you add to yourself that morning opposed to something that you've made the permanent decision or semi-permanent, perhaps in the case of a piercing, to add to your personal style. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I wasn't just trying to bring it back to me there. <laughs> so on that note, do you talk about, like, hair at all? Or do you just stick to clothes? Um, I do a little bit of hair and a little bit of, say, makeup and beauty, but more to uh, celebrate local hairstylists, um, or, you know, give some credit to the local beauty stores. But I do mostly talk uh, more about clothes than anything. So your your goal with all of this is, is it to create a website for, based on your sort of topic area that will make you money, or is it is it a pet project? And, and that makes it sound like you're not – I don't mean to say that because you, you put a tremendous amount of effort into it. it. At least it looks like it. So what are you, what are you trying to achieve, do you think? Have you thought about it? I don't know. Okay. I I mean, it's definitely not for money. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't build it with that intention of, okay, I'm going to get rich off of this. (laughs) Um, But as it's grown, I think it kind of took off on me in a way that I wasn't anticipating. And now I'm asking myself those questions. Okay, what do I want City and Dale to be about? And one of the biggest things that I've realized and that I've started is I'm going to be adding some um, contributors. Right. Because I don't want it to just be my voice about style in Edmonton. And I'm really excited about that, really excited about having other people's perspective and broadening kind of what the definition of style is in Edmonton. And you put out a call for contributors too, right? Yes. And and how long was the window open for that? I had it open for two weeks. And and what kind of response did you get? I received over 50. What? I know. I was really surprised. So Holy. I'm still in the process of going through them all. And the thing is, it wasn't just, oh, you know, I got 50, but 50 really good ones. Really? Really good ones. And so I'm learning new things about Edmonton as I'm reading them, and it's unbelievable. So the hard part now is going, okay, well, you know, I was expecting, you know, maybe two. Really? Yeah. So I was really (laughs) blown away with the response. But think about that. 50 people want to spend their time contributing to a community that talks about style and fashion in Edmonton. It seems like there was a bit of a hole to fill there. Yeah. That's great. That's really impressive. Yeah. yeah whenever we ask people to help us, they just tell us to fuck off. It's sad, really. Yeah. But uh, I really had nothing to add to that. <laughs> I said but, but there was really nowhere to go. So what are some of the other non-fashion blogs that you've sort of connected with or, or started talking to? Because Edmonton's got a very strong blogging community. And I do see you out there quite a bit. 
you know, t- talking to people and doing stuff. And I, yeah, I'll admit to stalking you and many others on Twitter. So, yeah. Um, well, I um, read a lot of the food blogs because there are so many. Of there them. are so many of them, and there are so many that are so well done. That's right. And so I spend a lot of time. And I love to eat and I love going out. and So it's a good connection point there, too. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoy, I mean, I think, well, most people, I like the Edmontonian a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. receive their updates every day. I read Max, yeah. um, you know, kind of nonstop. And I run into Mac and Sharon all the time, <laughs> downtown, everywhere I go. And you're right. It's the same people kind of over and over again. And what, whether we're food bloggers or blogging about politics or current events or whatever it is, my biggest thing is we all connect with each other. So how do we, how do we fill a room with new people? Yeah. How do we reach out to the people that aren't as engaged? You know, same thing. I went to the next gen, um, rebranding launch on Thursday and it's like, I know everyone in this room. Like, how do we get the people who aren't engaged reading all of these great blogs and sites that we that you know that we're sharing because it is the people who are passionate who go home at night and spend their evenings in front of their computer writing about things that they love mm-hmm. so i i really feel like my challenge and i'm thinking about it a lot myself but my challenge to all the other bloggers right now is that's great but we need other people involved yeah not just as passive consumers of content either. Like I, I would love to be able to, one of the things that we've done with a few of the other bloggers is to have events and they've been great, but you're right. It is really the same people that come out. And and to be fair, I mean, we're not there. The events themselves are designed to appeal to that crowd. But if we want to connect with other Edmontonians and bring more people you know, get more people reading and interacting and, and commenting and, and, and doing their own thing, we need to start thinking a little differently. I have a rant about next gen. Rant away. No rules. No censors. It's Adam Rosenhart Unleashed. Because I think next gen is great. But I think that by saying that they're, they essentially represent the 18 to 40-year-old to age range, I think that's a mistake. I think being forward-thinking and excited about Edmonton should not be about how old you are. I think next-gen should be an attitude, not an age range. And yeah, okay, the 18 to 40s are going to be the shepherds of the community when um, all the boomers are gone. I get that. But it, I, I don't, I'm, I've, I'm starting to feel less comfortable. I had some discussions with people about this over the weekend, actually. Um, I'm starting to feel less comfortable with this idea that it's 18 to 40 and that's it. I think it should be an attitude that exists in every single person who's excited about living here. And that is my rant. And it is an excellent rant. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's brought that up, right? Because you do see a lot of the same people there. So why limit, you know, if there are people out there who are excited, who are excited about, the things that next gen does, they might be what happens. So when I turn 41, I guess I'm just not involved anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, and who's to say that there aren't uh, older people who are part of the, as you put it, the boomer generation who aren't excited about uh, the direction that Edmonton's moving in and might want to participate and be involved. Exactly. Just because they're older doesn't mean that they don't necessarily want to see a better city, a more 
plugged in city, what have you for their kids or mm-hmm. their, or their grandchildren. In some ways they might be even more bested. Totally. Right? Totally. So. And, and there's also some institutional memory there, right? So they can tell us what, you know, what the city's tried to do that hasn't worked and maybe some of the reasons behind that and why now might be a good time to try something different or something that's been, you know, uh, so that, that's just a, I mean, it's gonna, I guess we need to remember that these, these little communities that, that form around blogs like City and Dale or the Unknown Studio are very new. Like we're, we're almost two years old. You're almost a year old. Like we haven't been around that long and we've done a lot in a very short period of time. Almost frightening amount in a very short amount of time, might I add. Yeah. Like, does it feel like a whirlwind to you at all? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I think about how much cooler my social life might be (laughs) if I wasn't spending my evenings and weekends, you know, writing and vlogging and taking photos and researching. And um, I wasn't really prepared for how much I was going to love it, but also how much work it was going to be. And um, I'm sure you two probably feel the same, but it is, I mean... A whirlwind of fun, yeah. But absolutely, and you go back and you go, I can't even remember writing that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. We were we were sitting down to plan for our fiftieth episode, which is going to be amazing, and is our very next episode. It is, and uh, and we were trying to remember, like, without looking, all of the interviews we've done, and we we, we basically got uh, stuck on off the top of our heads. We thought of like four people, <laughs> and we were like, we can't remember who all we've talked to. We There's got... just been so many people. And so many faces. And it's not to say that any one of them has not been awesome. They've all been awesome. It's just that it's, there's been so much that we actually had to stop and look it up and be like, oh, that was a great interview. Oh, that was a great interview. We just couldn't remember it all off the top of our head. I recently started writing at Yelp.ca, which is basically this sort of online crowdsource website where people review businesses, particularly restaurants and bars and that kind of thing. Now, the reason that I became interested in Yelp is because a friend of mine, Brittany Kustra, uh, became the Yelp community manager for the city of Edmonton recently. And lo and behold, if you write enough reviews and participate enough on the website, you become a Yelp elite. Now, what does that get you? It gets you exclusive access to parties and different events. And, well, maybe I'll let Brittany explain it as I spoke to her earlier this week at Delish Wine Bar. We are having an elite party tonight at Delish Urban Kitchen and Wine Bar. Uh, If you're a member of Yelp and you're an awesome, awesome Yelper and you write tons of reviews and you're a great ambassador to the site, you can join the Elite Squad, which means that you get to come to a private party at a local business in Edmonton once a month for free food and wine tasting. Uh, and you get to come out and enjoy the night with your fellow Yelpers once a month. And so what is the purpose of uh, doing events like this? Is it, is it to be um, sort of a community-based organization? Is it to promote a business? Is it to promote Yelp? What is the goal here? The goal is kind of all of the above. So Yelp is really, really big on community Building an online community, we want a chance for all of the Yelpers to meet each other offline, to get off their laptops, have a drink, talk to each other in real life. 
It's to uh, work with the local Edmonton community, work with great local businesses, get them exposure to new clients who maybe haven't been there here before and show them what a great night they can have at, uh, last month we were at Flirt Cupcakes, tonight we're at Delish, so just expose them to a new local business that maybe they haven't been to before and have an awesome night and party. Yeah, right on. So you've been with Yelp for about six months, is that fair? And how many of these events have you actually done? This is our second event. Okay. Last month we went to Flirt Cupcakes. They were amazing. They opened up their kitchen to us. They baked a ton of extra cupcakes for us. We decorated them all night long and had a mini concert with a great local band, Sister Grey. Tonight we're at Delish. It's just our second event. Uh, we tried out different menus from Delish. We tasted some wines. We got our groove on with a local DJ. And next month we're going to be partying up at the new location of Transcend on Jasper Ave. And so all that someone has to do to get into one of these parties is sign up at Yelp.ca and start reviewing? All they have to do is sign up on Yelp.ca. It's free to sign up, start reviewing, nominate yourself for the Elite Squad, keep on reviewing, and yeah, you'll be able to get into one of these parties and then just keep coming every month. Well, I will be here every month that I'm invited. Uh, it's been such a great time. Thank you for chatting with us, Brittany. Yeah, well, as long as you don't misbehave and I have to take your Elite badge away. Well, I can't guarantee that, but, but I'll do my best. Okay, thanks, Adam. Thank you. After I spoke with Brittany, I had the opportunity to speak with Delish owner, Amanda Babichuk. So uh, how excited were you when you were approached to host this party? Oh, when Brittany asked me, honestly, I was totally thrilled. Like, we're just starting now to get more, like we've been involved in Yelp. We definitely have our, a lot of our reviews on Yelp and stuff like that. And a lot of those cross over into the Twitter world as well, right? So when she approached me and just kind of said, you know, would you love to host, an, would you like to host an event like this? What kind of things can we do? And we just brainstormed and the more we thought of different ideas and stuff, the more excited I got. So hopefully we're doing a pretty good job of highlighting some of the different things that we do like we're always coming up with new ideas and new promotions and stuff like that so um, I think so far it's it's been going pretty good and Brittany's just one of those people that I got to know very early on in kind of the Twitter land and then got to know more about Yelp and I was also introduced to one of her regional managers who's out of Vancouver and just talking to them about and just their passion that they have for what Yelp does and the kind of community that it really fosters I just is so exactly on par with what I try to do within my own restaurant community. So, so you you mentioned that you guys source a lot of local ingredients. It, it sounds like it's really important for you to, to be a part of Edmonton. Do you think your business would be as successful if you weren't? Um, you know what? Uh, it is absolutely paramount to us more than anything else um, the cornerstone philosophy of all things that we do is sustainability and is local and I think honestly um, I'm not sure I'm pretty sure that we could probably go along the lines and and find something kitschy to do with with food that was kind of more the mainstream big box kind of idea but that's not that's not a, a lifestyle that I want to lead and so I think that it, what I my philosophies are in my own life need to really be mirrored in what I do in business. Otherwise, how can you really be passionate about it? Um, we've gotten to the point now coming out of the winter, even right now is a challenging season for us, but we are about 95% local. We're at the markets every Saturday morning. I'm going to the New River Bend Market, their grand opening on Wednesday, so I'm really excited about that. And honestly, one of the best parts of my week is going to those markets, talking to the farmers, finding out what's going on in their lives. Like. Um, one thing that we are going to be doing as a team, um, my staff and I, is we are going to be going out to some of the farms and helping them harvest when they have things that are coming up. 
Um, we are going to a couple of farms where they're having babies. Like uh, we're going up to a farm in a couple of weeks outside of Sangudo where they have new baby goats and baby pigs coming up. And just, I think the more that I can get my staff involved in that process, the more pride that they have in being here and the better they are able to educate people that walk in the door. Yeah. And it's that education factor, I think, that really differentiates us from, from some other places because um, I think we are coming into an age of awareness where people are looking at like where is my food coming from, who's growing my food, um, and I think as people are more and more localizing again, it's uh, it's a real opportunity for us to really showcase what what there is in this city and yeah. what kind of what kind of energy and passion there is for it. You know, and it, it definitely came across uh, just my experience out in the room this evening. Um, your staff was excited to tell us what was in you know certain dishes or, or where a wine came from and uh if they didn't know they were like i'll be right back we'll figure this out for you we'll sort out what's in it and and so they they do take pride it sounds like what you're doing is working so congratulations on that thank you thank you very much adam i i think um being a server here is probably a little bit more challenging than some other places because our menus do change with the seasons and we do expect that people are going to memorize those menus or be able to answer most of the questions right and uh so it is it is we do look for very specific people when they're coming in and also people who want to learn about food who want to learn about wines we make sure before we launch any menu that they have an opportunity to taste everything ask questions even give us feedback and ideas and we also play with the wines as well and so i think again like if you're educated you're educating, you're learning, and whenever you're in a learning environment, it really just creates that more of excitement and enthusiasm for what you're doing, right? So that's what we try and do. We try to have a little bit of fun. I don't know if you saw, but we have a... We have cameras around, um, and we're at because we're actually we're filming our fourth episode of a 13-episode pilot television show right now called Taste Sip Groove Love. So that's going to be up. The website is launching in about two weeks, so people have a chance to see me making a complete ass out of myself. <laughs> and uh, but again, it's just the idea of getting getting it out there. And like we're all a very young group. I think there's nobody here under the age or over the age of 33. So we're a pretty young team, and I think um, if, if nothing else, that provides, again, that youth, that energy, and that enthusiasm for what we're doing. Well, I look forward to the television show, oh, yeah. uh, such as it is, and uh, thank you very much for having us this evening. Thank you for speaking with me. I appreciate it. Time to check the old email. Dear Jeff and Sally, what the heck's the Edmontonian.com? Adam and Scott. Well, Adam and Scott, the Edmontonians, a local news and information website, but it's collaborative, so anybody in Edmonton can write and create content for us, and it's all things Edmonton news, neighborhoods, sports, arts, events. Sally, can you get off the phone? I'm trying to answer emails. TheEdmontonian.com, on the internet since 2009. It's me, Adam, uh, here to tell you a little bit more about my weight loss journey. Now, um, I had recorded a segment with Carrie in her in the Prime Fitness Studios in uh, East Edmonton, but um, that file became corrupted. So, unfortunately, you won't get to hear Carrie's beautiful voice. Um, but we did do we did measure some of my results from over the last few weeks. But before we get to that, I need to let you know something. So just before Easter, I went away on vacation to Vancouver, and vacations are, by their very definition, uh, indulgences. And I certainly did indulge. 
full intention was to to exercise while I was there. I was going to run every day. I managed to do that one out of the four days I was there um, because I found various excuses to not run, such as, oh, it's raining and I have these heavy sweatpants. You know, just like really, really... I, re- I felt like I knew I was fooling myself. Let me just say that. And uh, so I come back from Vancouver after the Easter long weekend, uh, yes, ran once, didn't do much exercise, drank a lot, ate a lot of great food. It was nice. But um, interestingly enough, I didn't put on any weight while I was away. I didn't I didn't lose any, certainly, but I didn't put any on. So I don't know what that means. And I didn't really have the chance to ask Carrie about it. Maybe it means that my metabolism isn't lazy as hell anymore. Um, or maybe I was more careful than usual in any event. After the vacation, I come back to Edmonton, um, didn't get into the exercise routine right away, and then I got sick for a few days. So after Easter, it was about two weeks before I saw Carrie again. And um, so went and saw her. Uh, let's see. By the time you hear this, it will have been a week and a half ago. Did We didn't do an assessment then because it had been a while since I'd seen her. But she really put me through my paces. She was brutal. Um, and I I was, I felt it. Like the next day, I was in really rough shape. And the, the day after that first session of training back, I also... Uh, played Ultimate Frisbee for the first time. I decided to sign up for a league. And wouldn't you know it, but it was the day where we played two games and we barely had enough people to do any line changes. Which means that for a large part of 80 minutes, I was occasionally sprinting around the field and I was totally gassed by the end of that thing. Uh, Just got back from my second week of Ultimate Frisbee. Fared a little bit better. I'm definitely sore, um, but I'm still really pleased with the results that, uh, that Carrie and I got yesterday at my training session. So I don't have a drum roll sound effect, but I will tell you that I weighed in at 217 pounds down from 221.2 pounds. So I lost 4.2 pounds uh, since my last weigh-in. Not only that, as I remarked to Carrie in a text message, I said, I'm pretty sure, and I know, I, I said to her, I know you're thinking about this, so I just want to let you know, my man boobs feel smaller, and they, and they do, and they, and they actually are. They are half an inch smaller than they used to be, but when you think about it, half an inch, um, you know, around the chest, that's pretty significant. She also measured the um, the width of my upper arms. Those stayed pretty consistent at 13 and a half each arm. My waist was around the same. It went up 0.3 inches. So um, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't sucking it in properly that day. However, my hips went from 45 inches to 44 inches. And here's the really exciting part, and I'll tell you why in a moment. My left thigh went from 24 inches to 22.5 inches, and my right thigh went from 23 to 22.2 inches. So even though, I, I and I told Carrie this, I said, when we did the weigh-in, I said I was hoping I would weigh less. And she rightly pointed out, you know, any reduction is good. Um, so even though I didn't I weighed more than I had hoped. I also lost in a lot of other areas. Not only that, but once again, this fitness training session, she put me through my paces, and I I did pretty good. I mean, she has um, a way of exhausting me, for sure. But but I managed to hang in there, and and I felt really good about it. Um, Played Ultimate Frisbee tonight. That's been really fun. Um, I've actually never played team sports outside of like you know high school and junior high phys ed class it's just never was something that I was interested in and 
because I am at a certain level of fitness where I feel confident enough to be able to contribute to a team. Um, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. It's only been two weeks, but I've, I'm having so much fun. Um, I've got a, a pal from work playing with me, a couple friends from Twitter, and then just some, some old friends. So, so if you're thinking about getting into the weight loss thing, I really do encourage you to do so. You know what? Get, send me an email and share your story with me and I will share it with the world. I want to know how you guys are doing. I want to know what you've found to motivate you to do exercise or if you're feeling a bit of a block, I want to know what's holding you back. Maybe we can help each other out because I got to tell you, I'm feeling real a real charge out of this. And I, I'm not just doing it to promote how awesome I am because we all know that that isn't true. What I'm trying to do is to get you guys excited and to show you that just about anyone can do it. Um, all It, it does take work. It takes work. It, you got. I count my calories. I make sure that I do the exercises that my trainer has provided for me. And so it does take work. But man, the payoff is great. I don't, uh, I'm not as out of breath when I walk upstairs, which sounds trifling, but that was a huge goal of mine. So, so share your stories with me. Let's support each other and, uh, and let's all lose weight. Uh, and we'll feature it all here on the unknown studio. So um, the the call for contributors, are you going to sort of are you going to ease back a little bit yourself and 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 take a little bit more me time? I guess is that part of the goal? It wasn't so much for more of a me time, but I wanted to start including some features that I knew would be far more time intensive. Ah. So I wanted to start to have a feature where I take an icon in Edmonton, whether it's a building or. A pothole, or you know, something that's kind of Some representative. Some of those potholes have uh, been there long enough. They that are, they are basically historical. I know. Sites, yes. You know, I um, did this kind of fun photo shoot where I took um, shoes and boots and put them into potholes to show the varying size of these potholes. <laughs> that's and why there's always one shoe on the side <laughs> yeah. of the road. Yeah. yeah, the mystery is solved. It's been Kendall this whole time. This whole time, yeah. <laughs> But I know that, you know, going, so what I want to do is essentially dress or outfit an icon. Um, so find one, photograph it, and then find clothing, shoes, and dress it in terms of its architectural lines and try to pull in more of the design elements. So writing those type of posts are far more involved. Yeah. Um, so I really just wanted to add the pers- add new, you know, thoughts and ideas, but also I'd like to write about three times a week. Mm-hmm. And it makes me really sad when I'm looking at my analytics and I didn't post that day and you see this whole wave of traffic arrive and then jump off like a second later, right? Yeah. So the people want the content, so I feel like the site needs to deliver it. Yeah. So are we going to see 50 new columns on your site <laughs> that are regular features? <laughs> no, I'd like to add about three right now. So, oh, the competition is fierce then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, I just, you know, there's all these things I hadn't thought about, but how do I, you know, keeping the voice consistent and doing all those things. So I just, I don't, I want to go slowly. I think that's a good idea though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you've done it yourself for a year and then you can ease some more people into it. I am curious, were there more boys or more girls who responded? Was it, or was it a pretty even split? More girls. Yeah. Probably 70%. Okay. Well, that's not bad. So, yeah, not bad at all. And it was interesting. The boys that responded, I do my weekend guide, 
every yes. Thursday, which is about, you know, events and happenings in Edmonton. And so the boys that responded were more, you know, ideas to add to the weekend guide or wanting to highlight other types of events, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or more industrial design related. Oh, that's kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah, we've got some, we've got, Edmonton's got some very strong visual and, and physical designers, so. Yeah. That could be awesome. They do, during the works, there's there's like a, a day, I want to say a day-long competition to create a piece of furniture that a whole bunch of people participate in. It's really remarkable to go and watch something like that. Like, there's something you could cover. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the calendar. Yeah, so uh, you're adding new contributors. Um, any, any, like, more video content or anything like that that you want to do, or are you going to try and stick to words for now? I would love to do video because when you talk about something as visual as style, mm-hmm. video would be fantastic. I just need a technical training course in video. Like I need to learn how to use that medium more. Yeah. I mean, learning Photoshop was revolutionary for my blog. So I'm sure if I could, you know, take it up a level and learn some video, that would also make a big difference. So I've captured some, like I have my little flip cam, and mm-hmm. but I have no idea how to get it from the flip cam onto my laptop, and then back out onto the blog. So Right. So did you actually take a Photoshop course then? Uh, no, I hit up my uh, design friends and okay. said, okay, I need 15 minutes of your day. You need to show me how to do this. Oh, great. That's awesome. It pays to know people. It does. That's basically the moral of that story. And it pays to be fashionable, I think. Fashionably late. <laughs> That's the only fashion that, that we exercise. <laughs> yeah. It's fashionable lateness. Uh, speaking of fashionably late, it's getting pretty late in this podcast. And I think that means it's time for your favorite part of the show, Adam. What do you mean? The Fast 15. Yes, it is my favorite part of the show because I get to put you on the hot seat. And since you've, you've heard the show before, you know how it works. Which is revolutionary. In a way. No, man. I think everyone who comes on the show and tells us they haven't heard it is lying. They just want to hear you explain the rules. They want me to explain it. So, I will. Uh, 13 standard questions that we ask of all our guests, many of them extremely nerdy, and then two wildcard questions that we have tailored to you. Okay. Tailored. A little fashion word in there. Well done. Well done. It's it's all falling into place for us. (laughs) So, here we go. The Fast 15 with Kendall Barber. Number one, your favorite food. Tacos. We've never had that before. And that is an excellent choice. That is a great choice. Your favorite color? Blue. Uh, Mac PC or Linux? Mac. Yes. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Uh, Vanilla latte from Credo. Outstanding. Your favorite holiday? My birthday. (laughs) That counts. It does. Your favorite sport? Soccer. Your favorite pastime? Reading a book on a beach. That is awesome. That is fantastic. I wish I was doing that right now, except that I like hanging out with you guys. Your favorite music right now? Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was a stumper. Uh-oh, it was. My favorite music right now. What's, okay. what's the last thing that you listen to? Yeah. I know that's what I was trying to <laughs> recall. Oh, wow. Um... You're so focused on writing your blog, you're not even listening to music. 
It's amazing. I, well, you know, I was thinking someone bought me the Starbucks anniversary CD, but I couldn't <laughs> even tell you a song that was on it. Like, I've been listening to it, but... Uh, but yeah. not really hearing it. But not it. hearing it's it. It's background. So, okay. Yeah. So her favorite music right now is background music. Excellent. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, your favorite movie right now. I cannot remember the last time I watched a movie. Really? Just a favorite movie then. A uh, movie that you'd go back to again and again. Newsies with Christian Bale. Oh. Ooh. Newsies. You like that one? No, I didn't. You didn't like that one? I think the last time I saw it, I was like 10 years old. Maybe. Oh my God. I haven't seen that And one that yet. might be generous. Yeah, I might have been younger. Than I remember like I do that movie. vaguely remember the movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's my celebrity crush to this day. Ooh, Ooh. Batman. Oh, so I saw the fighter because he was in it. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your favorite video game? She's given Adam that look. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've played a video game since Duck Hunt. Okay, there yeah. you go. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? The ability to speak every language. That's awesome. We've never had that one before. No. Either. She's coming up with some unique answers. Yeah, this is great. Okay, now, uh, last of the normal questions. You'll probably give me that look again. Star, <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars? You're getting the look Yeah, again. I'm getting the yeah. look. Yeah, who cares is her answer. Who cares? Us boys with our wars, both stars. And, <laughs> or with our, with our stars, both wars and tracks. <laughs> yes, I've right. never I actually seen Star Wars. Totally. <gasps> I know. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think I've seen half an episode of Star Trek. I think Adam is more appalled by your lack of Star Trek yeah. than your lack of Star Wars. I'm really upset with you right now. I'm sorry. It's okay. All right. Your wild card questions. Can you describe the worst you've ever seen someone dressed? I, I did want to touch on a little excluding bit of Excluding Adam right Ex- now. Excluding my Zuckerberg style right now. Maybe there's that, there's that, uh, that dude who wears the spandex shorts and wanders around Jasper Avenue. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Or the cheerleader. What? Like the Eskimo type cheerleader woman. She's downtown quite a bit too. But she kind of pulls it together and I think she has multiple. So I probably wouldn't pick her as my worst. You know what? This is the worst. And it's a repeated offender. So it's not a single person. Okay. Mini skirts with Uggs and a sweatshirt. It's awful, and you see it all over the place, and Uggs need to go all together. <laughs> yes. All together, and I have, I've had so many conversations on Twitter about my hate on for Uggs, <laughs> and people have, I mean, I've had so many people offer to send me free Uggs. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, companies will send you free Uggs. Ugg want, Uggs wants to send me free Uggs, and I, it's... I don't want to be converted to the Uggs. I'm sure they're very comfortable, and I'm sure they're very toasty. Um, but there is nothing attractive about Uggs. No. I actually saw a man wearing them once. It was... In slipper format? The brown, oh, yeah. norm, the standard Ugg. It was it was foul. I, I totally agree with you. It's yeah. the most overdone and awful looking... For $250. What? I don't. Know. I know they're expensive unless you maybe buy them in the states. Wow. But yeah. No, that's that's absurd. Yeah. Okay. And your last wild card question. Aside from Scott and I, who do you think is the best dressed media personality in Edmonton? <laughs> that was fun just because I got to talk about us again. <laughs> and couldn't even keep a straight face while saying it. Actually. Well, because we were, you know, we're dressed the way we're dressed. So. Best dressed media personality. Hmm. You know, it's kind of a tough question because they all 
they all dress quite well. They they they're or all at least the top half of them. That's we're looking right. At them on news, yeah. right? So I mean, however you want to judge it, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. I just thought it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think Carrie Skeleton is always very well put together. Right. And so is Ryan. Yeah. Like, together, the two of them are always, They're like the media power couple. They totally are. Yeah. They totally are. But, um, you know, they're very well put together. Um, And, I mean, I'll give it to Josh that he makes Tooks look cute on TV. (laughs) So... it's because of his boyish charms. Yeah. But, I mean, they're all also, in many cases, dressed. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. depending on who their clothing sponsor is, um, they're getting some help. Yeah, that's true. So, it's almost best when you see them off hours. Yeah. Can you recognize them? You know what I found interesting when... I don't know if this came out when we talked to Linda Steele on the show, but um, I had a conversation with her once where she was like, I hate it when people call the station. People will call the station. No, she mentioned it while right. she was on our show. Yeah. And email her and be like, your hair and makeup was was terrible today. Or, you know, and it's probably, I don't know if she ever gets complimentary ones. And then she's like, I do my own damn makeup. So they don't have, they don't have makeup artists yeah. there. It's local television. Uh, right? She also so, mentioned that uh, it's a pain in the butt when Gord was taking her makeup kit for a touch up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's he going to do now that she's not here? Oh, yeah. poor Gord. Yeah. But I mean, you're right. It is a local market. We yeah. don't have the. You know the glam squad on <laughs> on location helping no. out. So, um, yeah. Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Kendall, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And we look forward to seeing what else happens on City and Dale. And just and for... specifically, we look forward to seeing the uh, the winter fashion show. Yeah. Now that you have the idea, find someone to do it for you because you don't have time. You're getting married and stuff. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> One last question, though. And I think you've explained it to me before, but why City and Dale? I was on a run. Okay. And I was running and I ran through Rossdale, Cloverdale, and Riverdale. And I thought, what's a Dale? <laughs> it was kind of a random thought. So I went home and I put into Google Dale, and it essentially is a valley. Okay. And so when I was thinking of the name, I wanted it to be very Edmonton specific. So city and Dale, really Dale referring to the River Valley and to Edmonton. And I also liked that it was a bit of a play that Dale could be a person, could be a female, it could be a male. But it really came from a run through those neighborhoods. Cool. You know, I, I think I actually thought for a while that, that your name was Dale. Yeah, and I get that a lot. And I think that um, a lot of people don't know who writes City and Dale. And that's something that I'm trying to work on is I need to um, get my ego out a little bit more, I think. I think and, you do. And yeah. yeah, and get my name out there and, you know, at least put it on my blog somewhere because I don't even have, like, this is written by or <laughs> anything. So you almost have to be following me on Twitter to make that link. That's... So that's that's a challenge for me. Like, I'm kind of happy to hide behind the writing. And um, so that's one of my goals is to... This well, is a good start. Now, yeah, Definitely. dozens of people will know who writes City and Dale. Our like 50s of listeners. And that's cityanddale.com, right? Cityanddale.com. Okay, so read Kendall, respond to her, send her emails, and uh, keep it positive out there, people. Thanks for coming on the show, Kendall. Thank you very much, yes. Thank you. Outstanding. 
You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 49. Our guest, Kendall Barber, pre-production by Adam Rosenhart, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Get it, sir,